morning. I just told Joe, don't get comfortable. This is a short lesson by a short person. <laughs> the lesson is about small things. Uh, often we hear bigger is better, and certainly in certain areas like football, a 325 or 350 pound, six foot one, six foot two uh, offensive lineman is a lot better than 125 pound defensive lineman. Or six foot 11, 225 pound forward is a great asset to a basketball team. But bigger isn't always better. Small things are valuable too. And this lesson really is uh, pretty much a continuation of a discussion that we had at Jay's Cafe uh, on the first Saturday of this month. As you know that uh, we have been trying to meet on the first Saturday of each month at Jay's Cafe, which is downtown, to as a way of reaching out to the community to uh, let them know about the gospel, but also let them know about this congregation here. And we're going to continue to do that. And this lesson, we talked about small things. Before I get any further, I want to tell you a story. And I've told this story a number of times. And I think many of you have heard it. Most of you have heard it. Maybe all of you heard it. It's a wonderful story, and it's a story I never get tired of talking about. And it's a story about Gabby Brimmer. Gabby Brimmer was the poet laureate of Mexico. The poet laureate means that she was the number one uh, poet in that country. I read some of her writings, and mm, I'm not exactly impressed by it. I'm more comfortable with thought that I never see a poem lovely as a tree. That's my sort type of poetry. But anyway, she was good enough that her country decided that she was the number one poet in the land to represent that country. Well, you may say, well, so what? Big deal. Well, you have to think about her story to understand how much that of an achievement that is. Gabrielle Bremer was, her parents were Jew, Austrian Jews who fled Austria because the Nazis were coming into her country. And they moved to Mexico. Six months after Gabrielle was born, she developed some sort of a disease. She could not walk. She could not use her hands. She could not use her arms. She couldn't talk. She couldn't feed herself. She could not do anything upon her by herself. She had to have somebody help her and all of those things. Now you're thinking to yourself, if she couldn't talk, she couldn't walk, she couldn't use her hands and all of that, how in the world should she write poetry? Well, you had to remember that at the time that she was doing all this, they didn't have computers where you could say, hi, my name is Richard Flewelling, like you have some of the programs that would write, hi, my name is Richard Flewelling on the screen. Computers didn't exist, or at least what we know as computers. She didn't have some fancy equipment. She had a typewriter, a manual typewriter, and she used the only thing in her entire body that she could control 
and that was the big toe of her left foot. A small thing given the entire body. And with, with that, she wrote poetry. Small things do matter. A key or a button in these fancy cars start the engine of your car and a 3,000 pound vehicle goes up and down the road. A key and a button launches a nuclear warhead, a missile with a nuclear warhead. can create a lot of destruction. This band of gold that's on my finger is a very small item, but it is an item that says that I have made a commitment. There's no cracks in it. There's no lines in it. It's solid gold. And it means that there's nothing that will break that bond that I have made and that promise I've made to Judy. But it's a small thing, but it has a big reminder. And every day I look at it, I'm reminded that I made a promise to God and to Judy uh, for faithfulness. You look at iPads and, uh, and iPods and all these fancy equipment. Uh, Jim is, and I know that Joe does the same thing. They have these little things in there. Well, I'm looking at this big book, and I'm thumbing through to find a passage, and Jim and just going like this, or Joe's going like that, and psh, there it is. You know, small item. It brings out a lot. A dollar bill is made up of a hundred one penny, a small thing, but it's a start of a lot of things. The Bible has things that are small as well. In Judges chapter 6 through 8, actually through 10, we have a story of an invasion, and it's during the period of the Judges, and, and this time the Midianites invaded the land. There was an army of 135,000 Midianites. The Jews responded, and they had a, a judge in Gideon. And one thing or another occurred, and that army, the Jews responded, was 10,000, 12,000, whatever, was down to 300. With 300 men under guidance of God, Gideon killed 120,000 Midian. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, we had the familiar story of David and Goliath and how many times has been talked to, uh, talked about in uh, classes for the children. Goliath was nine feet, nine inches tall. So I imagine he was also sort of broad and very large man. I was trying to get an idea of how much his weapons weighed. And they may weigh 40, 50, 60 pounds. That's a lot of weight for anybody. But he was a large man. He was a champion of the Philistines. That means that he killed a lot of people in his time. David was a young shepherd boy who faced him not with a large weapon, not with a, a large sword. He faced him with a sling. 
and five smooth stones that he had gotten from the brook. He loaded up his sling and threw a stone at Goliath and killed him. A young man, someone small, killed a giant with something even smaller. If you'd like to turn your Bibles to James chapter 3, the Bible talks about something else small. In James chapter 3, starting in verse 5, he says, The tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a force is set on a flame by such a small fire? And the tongue is a fire, a very world of iniquity. The tongue is set out among all the members as it which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and sets on fire and, and is set on fire by hell. For every species of beast and birds of reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father and with it we curse the men who have been made in the likeness of God. The Bible tells us about a small thing, the tongue which is in our body. We praise God with it, but then we curse our man, fellow man, which should not be. The Bible is also full of small words. If you look in Genesis chapter 4 or excuse chapter 3 verse 4 God had given Adam and Eve everything they were in the garden they didn't have to do a lot it was a very pleasant setting God had told Adam and then told Adam and Eve you can eat any fruit in the tree of the garden that you want to but not a one tree if you do you'll die one three-letter word inserted into what God had commanded by Satan which is found in Genesis 3 and 4 he said you will not die not die a small word and look what has happened sin came into the world death, disease destruction, misery all of because of one small three-letter word. In 2 Timothy, a passage that's very familiar to us, um, 2 Timothy 3.16, we see another small word. All scriptures is inspired by God and profitable teaching for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good deed. All scriptures, not just some, not just few, not just one book, not just a couple books, but all scriptures is profitable. With this in mind, it eliminates the need for any new revelation no matter what the purpose of that revelation may be some people have 
given new revelation saying this is a new commandment you need to follow the way but most often you hear people give us new revelation saying this is encourage you but God says all scripture is profitable everything you need is in here one three letter word all doesn't leave anything out and Judy talks about the scriptures have been once and for faith has been once and all delivered. It eliminates any other need for any other delivery of the faith. It's been delivered once and for all. That means one time, one small word. Look over in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, just as you also were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all. There is one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. That eliminates need for any other God, any other body, any other spirit, any other Lord, any other faith. There cannot be one Lord and three bodies, one Lord and four faiths. There is only one body, one faith, one Lord, one God, one baptism. One small word. Another small word in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That doesn't leave anybody out. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In Romans 6, chapter 6, verse 23, we say, uh, talks about that salvation has come through Jesus. One act in a act of all the acts of mankind one small act a death upon a cross burial and resurrection brought in salvation one man's sin and one man brought his salvation every military unit whether it be a squad or a platoon a regiment starts off with one man and is made up of many units of one each one is important. If everyone doesn't do their part, they all suffer. A local congregation is made up of a number of families who indeed have a number in their term and their, and their, and their family. Alan and Karen have four. If the girls are sick and Karen stays home, then there's just Alan. When one is sick, we all sympathize. When one dies or suffers, we all suffer with them. When one forsakes the assembly, whether Bible study, worship, we all suffer because of their absence. Each one, which is a small word, 
three-letter word, just like sin, each one of us and can be a positive influence on each one of us. Or we can be a negative influence on each other. Finally, one sin will keep you out of heaven. You don't have to commit three million, twenty-five, twenty-five hundred. One sin is all it's going to take to keep you out of heaven. If you're subject to the gospel invitation, at this time we do encourage you to come forward as we stand and sing the song that has been picked out for the invitation. <laughs>